Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Histories of the Unexpected. He's the famous historical adventurer Dr Sam Willis and he is Professor Extraordinaire of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. He is Professor James Daybell and we are your hosts for Histories of the Unexpected. Each week we discuss a surprising object oozing with unexpected historical significance and this week it's oranges. Which of course is all about the history of the gunpowder plot. Mm. It's Jesuit priests, prisons and secret codes. And of course all to do with early clinical trials and and Chinese presence. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and tell all of your friends. We're on Twitter. You can follow me at Dr. Sam Willis. And you can follow me at James Daybell. We're proud to be part of the excellent History Hit Network, home of Dan Snow's History Hit, and other great shows coming soon. And you can find out more about what we've got planned in the forthcoming months, show notes, video clips, photos of everything we discuss, and much, much more at historyhit.com forward slash unexpected. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of Histories of the Unexpected, where we will be audio googling through history, exploring the history of things that you didn't even know had a significant story to tell, like boxes, which is actually all to do with the raw materials of memory, and erasers, rubbers, which of course is all to do with censorship and magic, with making things disappear. And we'll be following the links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how everything has a history and, crucially, how those histories link in unexpected ways. Who knew, for example, Sam, that the ruler was connected to our understanding of the Spanish Armada, or that the very boring history of 18th century tax was in fact linked to the Cuban Missile Crisis? That's a cracker, I can't wait for that one. Brilliant. The man sitting opposite me is the Yoda of years, it's Professor James Daybell. Hello. And the man sitting opposite me is the husband of history, Dr. <laughs> Sam Willis. Together we will be piloting you on this uncharted and frankly highly dangerous flight into the past. Each week one of us will take the lead and this week it's James's turn. James, what have you got for me? Right, Willis, are you ready? I am. I have for you an orange. Are you ha- it's, it's actually a satsuma. <coughs> the, the, the fruit bowl at home, at home didn't have an orange in it, but I had three satsumas. I will be talking to you about the cultural history of the orange. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the first thing I thought of then was um, being given one at Christmas. Ah, uh, a satsuma al- in your stocking. I was always given a satsuma in my stocking, so I wonder what that's about. Um, it's obviously, I think, something to do with gift giving. Um, it's perishable. 
So it's, it's a transient gift. This won't last forever. It's not like giving me a ring or, I don't know, a pair of shoes or something like that. I'd love, um, to, get, I'd love to give you shoes. <laughs> it's more like a bunch of flowers, isn't it? It's, it's, it, in terms of giving people stuff, it's a, it's a transient thing, and I, I particularly love those. But um, I suppose it's therefore linked with the history of refrigeration. Um, it's somehow linked with the history of global trade. Um, I'm assuming they came from somewhere exotic. China. Discovered, discovered or cultivated in China. Okay. Circa 2500 BC. And they're also very associated with Spain as well, aren't they? We're, we're, we're initially Italy, Portugal, move into uh, Western Europe in about the 11th century, it's bitter oranges to Italy, 15th to 16th century, sweet oranges. And that's an Arab influence, I assume, coming down the Silk yep. Road, yep. as much as anything, yep. then across the southern fringe of the Mediterranean. Yep. Then Spaniards to the Americas, um, 19th century, Florida, farmers, orange juice, vitamin C, breakfast time. Ah, yeah, vitamin C, of yep. course, scurvy. Yep. Um, I yep. can talk to you about that. Um, and so there's a the whole business of eating oranges, um, and um, what goodness that can give you and how difficult they are to eat. It's all yep. pretty messy things. Yep. Um, but certainly, so to my mind, it's a, it's a luxury item, and I'm thinking that it was something that used to be very precious because it was simply very difficult to get hold of. Yes, I mean, it's, a, it's 16th century, it is a luxury item, luxury food stuff. Um, the conundrum I have for you, mm -hmm. and here's a tester for you, how does one go from an orange to the gunpowder plot. <laughs> and here, here, I have this for you. I don't know the answer. I, I have this for you. I prepared a little, prepared a little thing for you. I was reading uh, the other day from the Latin autobiography of the Jesuit um, priest, John Gerard. Right. Uh, I, I will translate for you because I think um, Latin training in schools isn't quite what it, what it <laughs> once was. Um, but I have a little, little extract here for you that I'll, I'll share. And I think what I'm going to show is the way in which the orange as a commodity connects to secret codes, to secret clandestine religious practices, mm. and can be traced all the way through to the gunpowder plot in 1605. Fantastic, right, hit me with and it. And this, this, little, this little extract that I've got is after Gerard, who's in the Tower of London, has been tortured. This is a man who has literally, for days upon end, been hung to a wall by his hands, right. and his hands have quite literally been, been broken, mm -hmm. okay? And it describes how he basically tries to sort of make his hands work. He's, he's, he's sort of trying to move, move his fingers, effectively so that he can write, so that he can communicate with the outside world. This is a man who has been imprisoned for his religious conscience. And the orange plays a really, really important part here. So I'll just read you very, very briefly here. And this is, our, this is after he has been, um, after he's been tortured. Then I asked my warder to buy me some large oranges. As he was particularly fond of this fruit, I presented him with them, but I was thinking of another use I could put them to in time. My exercise consisted in cutting up the orange peel into small crosses. Then I stitched the crosses together in pairs and strung them on a silk thread, making them into rosaries. So this is all about Catholic, Catholic practice. All the time, and here's, here's the key thing, I stored the juice from the oranges in a small jar. My next move was to ask the warder to take some of the crosses and rosaries to my friends in my old prison. As he did not think that any harm could come of this, he consented. Still, however, I had no pen and I did not dare to ask for one. So what he does then is he gets hold of, some, of a toothpick 
fashions it into a stylus. He's able to write in invisible orange juice. No. In le- absolutely, in letters to these friends outside of the prison to communicate with them. And he does this because the oranges that have come in have been wrapped in paper. Oh. Paper is the covering. And so he's basically used that paper in order to then have these secret messages conveyed. That's amazing. Outside. I love the idea of the oranges being wrapped in paper, which is like a present, as we started off earlier. And, and the whole, this whole cunning plan only works because the jailer thinks he's been given a present. Yeah. So they're convi- utterly convinced. Yeah by the value of the orange as a gift. Yep. And it also works because the jailer is illiterate. So he can't actually, he can't actually read what is, what is going out. What happens then is Gerard then escapes, links up with the gunpowder plotters, various sort of people associated with that. When the gunpowder plot is discovered, and it's a paper plot, as well as a sort of, you know, they discover all sorts of secret writings behind it. Um, he is one of the most wanted men in the country and in fact manages to, to escape. Uh, pretty unharmed. What I'd like to demonstrate to you now, if we may, mm-hmm. is how secret orange juice writing no. works. You're a magician. Yes. yes. Right, let's do it. Do, what we need is we need a candle. Okay. Uh, we need a lit candle. Right. So we need matches. Well, there's a candle. While you're getting that, I will be peeling this satsuma right. and I will be fashioning a I will be fashioning a cross in true Gerardian fashion here. So you can see the way in which this could could have been used uh, in some sort of form of Catholic ritual. And then what I'm going to do, we are a, that looks more like an elephant uh, than a cross. Um, but what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to squeeze some of this orange juice in here. And then we don't have a fiddle, isn't it? Expect, uh, my, my fingers are <laughs> very very sticky. Um, okay, here's your lit candle. Excellent. Okay, we will use that in a minute. Would you like a would you like a piece of very orange? Very, 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 mm. very sweet. Good for your vitamin C. So we would normally need a quill. Yep. Um, well, what we have here is a a big biro. Now I'm going to dip the big biro. But this is without the, without the nib out. So without you're just the nib. using it to scrap. Without the nib. Stylus. So I'm just I'm just using it like a stylus, and I'm going to write your name. The problem with Satsumas is that the ink is basically, the invisible ink is basically orange, so it doesn't work particularly well. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's completely but clear it, for, for an for but it's, orange. it's completely clear for an orange. So what you would do, you would write um, a message. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On it like that, this would then dry. It would then be sealed up and delivered secretly to, you know, whoever it was. Somebody receiving this, knowing that it was written in invisible orange juice, um, would take it to the nearest fire. So if I hand this over to you... OK, I have a fire have, in front of me. We have a candle, and what you need to do... It's a suitably is, medieval stick is, as well. ...is hold it over. Yeah. You don't want to singe no. the paper, but what you want to do is warm it. You could probably bring it a little bit nearer. So you want to singe it, not singe it, but, but warm it. And what you will notice is that the... The light shines through it, doesn't it? The light shines through there, but what do you... Whoa! So you could read it like that, but you will see the letters will darken slightly. Yeah, it's gone a kind of a grey colour yeah. on the white yeah. paper. Yeah. And very clearly, I can see yeah. that you have spelt Sam, Sam. which would be yes. me. Which would be you. Look at that! So there, you can see how these kind of forms of secret writing... It's amazing. ...would have allowed imprisoned priests or networks of spies across Europe for this period, yeah. you know, to communicate with each other, to have these networks together. And this is a tradition that continues, you know, to today. You, as, a, as a child, you can now buy, I bought my, my two girls, I bought my two girls in an invisible ink set yeah. the other day. And it, you know, and it's still, it's still used. There's a kind of a wonderful fascination with it, with, with secret messages and, yeah. and, and writing and all the different ways you can do it. Yeah. What you were saying about prisons is interesting, like the way people communicate in prisons nowadays in a clandestine manner. What is absolutely, absolutely fascinating, I saw a documentary the other day, and you look at uh, the South American drug gangs that are in prisons, and they communicate with the, in the most ingenious ways. Uh, basically, they have... Uh, micro writing that they put on small strips of paper that they then they then have all sorts of coded mess detailed coded messages hmm. about about plans for what's going to happen in prison but also what they're going to be doing outside rolled up very very tightly put in a condom mm. and of course stuck up their backsides right in prison so that they're so that it, it it's Undetected. And that's a kind of a new way of, of communicating, because that, of course, leads us to the very important question of the history of nibs and writing. So you would need a certain kind of pen or rollable. I mean, that, that would have been impossible pre the invention of really, really high quality modern ink pens and rollables. Because you can't write that small, can you? You probably, you probably couldn't write that small, although there are, there are instructions how to write on the inside of an egg. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what you do, and, and what you're looking at there, is you're looking at micro-writing as well. Yeah. Um, and what you do there is you basically um, take a very small piece of paper and you take something like vinegar, something that dissolves the outside of the, outside of the egg, and you put a little... Uh, you cut a little mark in it, and then you take this tiny piece of paper with the, um, with the message written on it and you insert it into the egg mm -hmm. and then the egg is boiled and then it is, it, then it is sent through and somebody receiving the egg would then be able to uh, open up the egg and would basically be able to read what is written. But secret codes go back. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the history of, 
human ingenuity. Human, the, 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 the secrecy of human, that's, human ingenuity. Well, interesting. Yeah. I, I've got a link here, then, between the orange and the history of human stupidity. <laughs> we, can, we, we can go the opposite way. And, of course, it's to do with uh, what the orange contains, which yeah. is vitamin C. Now, humans can't synthesise their own vitamin C. Right. But some animals can, which is why dogs don't get scurvy. It's why dog, your dog can eat, well, my dog eats anything at all. Actually, he's not a complete omnivore, but they can eat just, you know, bits of, bits of fish, bits of biscuits, and they're fine. They never get ill. Whereas we, of course, become startlingly ill and in a horrible way, very quickly, if we don't fill up our bodies with vitamin C, our teeth fall out, yep. gums bleed. Yep. Um, one of the worst, worst symptoms of scurvy is that old wounds reopen. Right. So it somehow attacks scar tissue. So if you'd been cut or broken your leg very badly, um, where the bone had knitted, that will re-break. And, and, um, and wounds which have been sewn up will reopen. So it was a particularly nasty thing to happen. And it was very distinctive. You could tell with a certain uh, sort of um, spottiness of the skin, discoloration of the skin, um, terrible fatigue. And um, the more I read about scurvy, the worse, the worse it would become. So you'd think that it's one of those things that people really tried to solve. Um, now, in naval history, it was very famous that a Scottish man called James Lind wrote a book on the treatise on scurvy in the 1750s. Um, and... From then on, it really moved towards people being able to solve, to solve the problem um, of, of sailors in particular getting ill. But the interesting thing is that it had been known for centuries that vitamin C cured scurvy. So the Crusaders had problems. Crusaders knew uh, that vitamin C would help them. Then the Portuguese Vasto, Vasco da Gama, he knew in 1497. Richard Hawkins knew in 1593. Um, John Woodall, the Surgeon General of the East India Company, he knew in 1614. So although everyone's very proud of James Lind discovering it in 1750, the key thing is that the history of vitamin C is actually directly linked to the history of humans failing to learn <laughs> from history. Um, which, of course, brings us to the very important question of, I don't know, let's think of examples of failing to learn from history. Afghanistan. Afghanistan. <laughs> anyway, don't, don't invade Afghanistan. The Eastern Front. The Eastern Front, that's about it. Don't invade yeah. Russia. Yeah. Uh, don't marry Henry VIII. <laughs> that's a very good one as well. Um, yeah, so there you go. It's, um, we've got, what have we got? Human ingenuity and failing to learn from history. Brilliant. Which leads to the very important question of the history of hangovers. <laughs> Which, uh, so that's, that's, I think, is the most common example of all of, of us nowadays failing to learn from history on a daily basis. And the history of hangovers is very interesting because people have been suffering from this from years and years, for, for millennia. And they recently discovered an ancient scroll in the Sackler Library in Oxford... Mm. Um, which explained how ancient Egyptians coped with a hangover. And what they used to do was to... Um, it, it was something to do with a kind of a, a, a laurel leaf necklace, which I love, because traditionally that was associated with victory, with victors, with great sportsmanship, great feats of achievement. So I think what they were doing is targeting the terrible feeling of self-loathing you have with a hangover and associating your bearing with victory and competence to make you feel better. <laughs> and, and the hang hangover cure links back to citrus fruits. Uh, if After you've been out on a heavy night drinking, it's not enough to just drink water. You need to drink water with something like lemon 
squeezed into it because oh. then you absorb the water much better. So I'm reliably informed. That has no historical verification <laughs> no. at all. But there are some wonderful recipes for hangover, hangover cures. The ancient Assyrians had crushed birds' beaks and myrrh. <laughs> Imagine trying to stomach that. I'm not sure I could. Um, there are all sorts of other ones as well. Pliny the Elder. And you've got owl's eggs. <laughs> as, as a cure for a hangover. As a cure for a hangover. So you have to go and find an owl. You have to crawl out of your bed, go hunting for an owl, find it, steal its eggs, knock up an omelette, and boom, <laughs> you feel better. Going back to Invisible Ink yep. for a moment, uh, we've, talked about, we've talked about orange juice used in this way, but you know, what one form of Invisible Ink would you have wherever you were? Um... A form of invisible ink. I don't, blood, blood. Blood w wouldn't wouldn't be invisible. Urine. Oh. Urine was also used as invisible ink. So if you imagine, you know, you are in the worst circumstances that you can possibly imagine. You are in, you know, you're in prison. You don't have access to orange. You you would have access to your own urine. Yeah. So uh, prisoners would have used that to communicate as well. And did that work so in a similar sort of way? Just works in a very, very similar up. sort of way. Yeah, and you can use things like, you'd use, you might use egg yolk, you might use, you know, the white of an egg, you might use urine, you might use um, onion skin as well. The juice of an onion could have, could have been used in that, in that same way. It's remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Brilliant story. Well, there we go. Um, we've gone from secret ink to urine to hangovers. And I can't remember us where we were. All connected to the gunpowder plot. And, <laughs> and Pliny, Pliny the Younger or Pliny the Elder or something like that. And we've had a demonstration of how to reveal invisible writing. In my own kitchen. And I can actually write your name. Oh, which, no. <laughs> is, which is remarkable. And I've created a wonderful elephant rosary for us. An well. elephant rosary out, elephant of, rosary Satsuma out of Satsuma skin. I might make a, make a brooch out of that and wear Excellent. it down Excellent. the high street. Um, thank you all very much for listening. As always, don't forget that you are the most important member of this podcast. You're the third and most important member of our team. So do get in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter, by email. Um, let us know if there are any links with oranges that we haven't discussed or just send us some ideas for some future podcasts. So thank you very much indeed for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.